I think authenticity is a huge piece. I think the personalization, it kind of ties into authenticity, but just personalizing more about who you are as a person, what you kind of represent. And then I think too, is like picking what your interests are specifically. Welcome to Rep Your Brand, a podcast for B2B marketers who are looking to build their career through a strong personal brand. Rep Your Brand is hosted by Nick Bennett, one of LinkedIn's top voices on field marketing and personal branding. In each episode, Nick captures stories on how to overcome the challenges marketers face with growing their brand. So if you're a marketer looking to open doors and create opportunities that you never thought were possible, then listen in to get tangible tips and strategies to build your very own personal brand. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Rep Your Brand, a podcast for B2B marketers who are looking to build their careers through a strong personal brand. I'm Nick Bennett. This podcast is brought to you by my friends at Motion. They're a done-for-you podcasting service for scrappy marketing teams in B2B tech. They're two of the nicest guys around. The work that they do is truly world-class. You can find them at motionagency.io. And today I'm super excited. Uh, This is someone that I've been following for a little bit now. I've learned a ton. And so our guest today is Todd Kunzman. He's the director of marketing at Everyone's Social. He lives the whole world of personal branding like every single day, posts content daily around it. He's an absolute must follow on LinkedIn. Todd, thank you for joining me. Yeah, thanks, Nick. Appreciate it. Been following you for a while, so it's good to connect here. Amazing, amazing. So to kick things off, I want to let the audience know a little bit more about your background and how you got to where you are today. So you graduated from DeSalle University with a bachelor's in computer science. Fun story, I actually started my college career in computer science. I was way too dumb for it in uh, (laughs) management. So, and you had a minor in communication. So now that you work in B2B SaaS marketing, do you find yourself utilizing any of the concepts that you learned during your studies? Because I always think that's interesting because people ask me that all the time and I'm like, no, I just went to school to play baseball, to be honest with you. Yeah, no, the background's interesting too. I mean, I won't do my own horn there because the computer science track I went on was digital art. So it was more of the graphic design, the path where I was considering like, oh, I want to maybe work for Pixar one day until I got into it and realized like how difficult creating those animations are. But yeah, it was really cool. I got exposure to everything from like website creation, HTML, CSS, graphic design, anything that you could think of with digital art, stuff like that. And then, yeah, the communication things just kind of came randomly. I was always uh, interested in writing, which I think really helped, obviously, now being in marketing. But at the time, I was in a Dale Carnegie class for right before end of high school, kind of speaking, acting. It was kind of like those things to help prepare you, basically, for public speaking. So I was like, well, maybe this would be interesting. I had a journalism class, and I really liked it. So I'm like, okay, let's maybe minor communication. So it's a weird parent, like computer science and communications. You don't normally see those like two things go hand in hand. But I think it benefited me because once I kind of transitioned into marketing, it's like now I have the eye for websites or landing pages, right? Or kind of graphics for ads. I can't actually build those things very well because I just didn't follow that path after college. But it definitely gave me the mindset and the eye for things What I think hopefully helps me visually kind of pick out things that make the most sense. And then obviously the communications is just the writing is everywhere in marketing, right? From copy to content writing to blog posts, whatever you want to think about, communications everywhere. So... Yeah, I, I think both those things really did help me kind of going forward. Nice, nice, amazing. And so after several different roles in marketing, we were just talking about this before we recording, but you're almost five years in at Everyone Social. And so, I mean, you've held a few different roles there. But before that, you know, you had your own thing, you know, around Invested Wallet that got acquired in 2021. 
What was the story behind how you came up with that brand in the first place? And then kind of a, a second piece of that is how different was it working on your own personal brand compared to working at like other organizations and kind mm-hmm. of like not being on your own? Yeah, that came about kind of interesting. It's a kind of a long story, so I'm going to give it the short version. So when I was working at my first job, uh, I was laid off in 2014, a couple of weeks before Christmas. So uh, that was unfortunate, but it was just nothing I did wrong. It's just that's how the company culture was, where that occasionally you, they would just lay people off to reorganize things. So I was working on my marketing ideas of like what I wanted to do career-wise. At the same time, I was interested in personal finance because I had some basic background understanding and like my parents had taught me like, you know, have credit cards, pay them off on time, you know, make sure you have good credit. But other than that, like we didn't have an investing background or like understood some of the higher level things. So I started teaching myself that too. And I, I talked to a friend who was already kind of doing well in that area, just asked for some advice and then just dove into read books and realized that it wasn't as difficult as people make it seem. I think that the industry makes it seem challenging using these kind of big industry terms. We don't really learn these things in school and or college unless you're a financial major, right? Or economics or something like that. So I started teaching myself these things and approving and I manage all my finances now and like it's been perfectly fine. Uh, there's nothing wrong with getting help if you know you find someone out there who is a financial planner that can help you. But I just wanted to do it myself kind of thing. So then 2018, I knew I wanted to launch some kind of side business, right? Like actually create an LLC create a website community, which I've done before. I had a music blog from 2010 that wasn't great, but that's where some of the marketing stuff started coming too. Yeah, I, I just somehow investedwallet.com came to mind. It was available. Nobody had taken that domain, which I still am shocked with today. Just because, you know, dot coms are hard to find and especially two short terms that are very related to the industry that I was launching in. So that that was kind of like a sign right there. So I immediately bought the domains. And then, uh, yeah, I created the website and just every year it was profitable, but I just had put the money back into the site, growing it and like build attention to it. And then I knew I was going to flip it at some point. And then last year was just kind of the, the perfect year to do it. And then now I'm working on the next project, which will be live by the time anybody sees this. So it's remoteworkjunkie.com. It's all about remote work, content, resources, remote job boards, all that kind of stuff in one kind of package. So I'm redoing it again because remote work is my other passion too. So that's kind of how all that came together. But yeah, I didn't really honestly like do a very good job about like kind of tying to my personal brand. I really haven't been focused on that until the last like year and a half more specifically. Like I always knew the power of it, but it was just like, I'm focused on too many other things. I can't do it. So it's probably a missed opportunity to grow that side a little bit better. But now I'm able to tie it back together. So like things I'm talking about, I'm starting to hit that remote work a little bit. So now like when I kind of do the announcement about the site, there's more awareness that like, oh yeah, it makes sense. He is interested in remote work and he talks about marketing, all these kind of things tied together. So yeah, that was the TBD or a TBH, whatever you want to call it, of the whole thing. The TDLR, I should say, of the whole thing. Otherwise we'd be here for three hours. <laughs> I love that. And you know, I've been remote now for eight years, I believe, maybe nine years now. And like, honestly, I wouldn't change it for the world. Everyone's yeah. like, when the pandemic hit, they're like, oh, remote. Like, I've never worked remote before. I, you know, I'm going to sit in front of a TV. I'm like, come on. Like, I've done this like so long that I actually refuse to go to an office. Like, yeah. fun side tangent. Like, when you know, I was looking for a role, I think it was like about like before I came to Alice and like, before like some offices were still open, there was a few companies that reached out and was like, oh, you know, we'd love to have you. You just got to come into Boston three days a week. I was like, hard pass. I am not. <laughs> that. 
Like why go sit in traffic for an hour and a half both ways when I can be more productive at home? And so like, I am super also passionate about remote yeah. works. And I just posted I that too. Thing. Somebody else, somebody else brought that up on LinkedIn today, actually. And I had just done the map with it just based on some averages. And it came out to like four, over 400 days of your lifetime is commuting. And that's only like a small part of it, right? If you're averaging only like 20 some minutes a day, but imagine those were hours traveling and like, yeah, I don't want to waste a year of my life. Even that is only a year over the 40 year course of you working, it's still like, no, and that doesn't include the aggravation of traffic and mm. anything else you might deal with or the wear and tear in your car and finances. So yeah, I'm all for the remote work world. Amazing. So I want to go into, and this is kind of what your company does, supporting employees' personal brands. And so recently you made a post on LinkedIn about how companies need to start supporting their employees' personal brands to get them to create and share more of their content. Like, I know this may seem like an easy question, but like, why do you believe this is something important for companies to do today? Yeah, it's funny to think back like a couple of years ago where it was like, employees are posting on social, they could just be immediately fired. And now it's kind of more of the equation of like, hey, if you want to grow successfully, this is part of your go-to-market strategy today. So yeah, we've seen if your company is the market sell and hire, which of course, pretty much every company does. And that's part of the, the go-to-market strategy is employees being that share of voice. And we've seen it work time and time again. And you know, that's why everyone social exists too, is to help make this easier. So basically being the hub, centralize everything, but also to still allow employees to create and share authentic content, right? It's not just like blasting the exact same message at the same time. It's putting their their voice to it. Or we've seen like user-generated content does some of the best for the brand too, where they're suggesting things based on their work culture or things they're working on or their interests. And that still ties back to the brand too. And I think one of the challenges sometimes companies have is like, well, if it's not a company link, we can't tie the UTMs back to the results and all that kind of stuff. But I always say, look at the whole, you know, the dark funnel thing has been talked about now. It's a touch point for anyone who may not either A, know you exist or B, is looking for your stuff. And now these employees are sharing information similar to it, or even if it's not about the company, they see where you work in your headline, right? Or they click the profile, they see where you work. I mean, this is how I've explored things in the past. Like I've, that's how I discovered Gong, that's how I discovered Alice come across employees sharing it, right? Or creating some kind of content. I'm like, oh, Alice, what's that? And I go to the actual company page, go to the website. I'm not a buyer yet, but right. now it's in my mind. And when I'm thinking about like, oh, B2B gift giving or just software for this, Alice is the first one I'm going to request a demo from because that's who I know. So that's the thing we try to like push forward to others to think about is like, yes, you have your direct ROI, you have your earned media value of what it would cost you in paid advertising, right? They kind of do the same thing. But here's the indirect stuff happening in the, either the dark funnel or the impact of your brand awareness. And it's also helping hiring. It's helping close deals. So it's a huge miss for companies that aren't investing in this, whether they use a tool or not, right? It's just the whole idea of the strategy is there. And I think the number of success has been growing. I mean, look at the examples you've given, Nick, like, hey, they keep mentioning me on the, how did you hear about us? And not always is it about the company stuff. They just trust you and the content you're putting out there. So that's what I think like companies need to understand and like how big of an issue it is if you don't have them on there publicly posting or at least occasionally engaging or doing something on social. It's a huge opportunity that's sometimes missed. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. So like, I think part of the issue is that some companies don't know the best way to support their employees' personal mm -hmm. brands. So like, what are some of the best ways that these companies can show their support for their employees' personal brands? 
Yeah, I think there's a couple of things. One, I always say lead by example. So like executives should be involved in this conversation and or supportive of it. So like if an executive is posting and continually being a part of the social conversation, they know it's okay. Like, okay, our executives or our managers or the CEO is very active in this, right? So it makes it really easy to like want to start. And then when other employees are doing it too, there's that FOMO thing, right? Where people start to catch on like, oh, my colleague is doing this and seeing results. But I think the big challenge too is that companies don't lead with like what's in it for employees. They only think about the company results. So like, of course, the company needs the benefit. That's why they're doing the strategy. But if employees don't see the value, like why would they get involved, right? They don't, you can't force them to do it. They have to understand why it's important. So we always say kind of like lead by like, okay, what are the examples here? Okay, well, you'll benefit your career. We've seen numerous people who have done this in our platform step up the career ladder, whether they go from an intern to a director, or we've seen some go to VPs just from having success by doing this. But then like podcast invites, this is exactly how I'm on this podcast, Nick, like you and I had connected just through like our content and you reached out to me DM and now I'm on this podcast, getting exposure to more people that maybe don't know who I am or I can help in some way which is cool. Career opportunities, of course, like recruiters hit me up all the time. I mean, I'm not leaving everyone social, but I'm building a network now of like, okay, if I moved on later on, or like, you know, everyone's social got acquired or things changed, right? I don't have to just apply. I can reach out to these people who I've connected with. And I know companies are afraid of that sometimes, like we don't want to lose our employees. <laughs> and I say like, well, would you rather support them, give them the tools they need to be supported and do these things. And that they do move on, be a brand advocate for life and still recommend you or word of mouth or like never support them, try to shut things down. And then when they leave, they're never talking positively about your brand. You have to think of the long-term value of an employee who feels supported in the long run. So we've seen some of those things are super helpful. I mean, giving the tools, of course, that make it easier because not everyone is a social media expert or, or knows what the post so like we provide some of that training, but companies can do that too. They can have an internal like video that just shows you the basics. Like we can set up a certification that says, Hey, you have to go through this first before you get access to this platform or before we encourage you to share. So there's a lot of things that people like these companies can do to really show that support, but it has to start with like, what are the benefits for an individual to get involved? Yeah, totally agree with you. And, you know, speaking of the organizations, like from your experience, what are some of the organizations that you've worked with either now or in the past that you feel like that have done a really good job in supporting their employees' personal brands? Yeah, I mean, worked for definitely everyone's social. I mean, this is the first company that's really been all about like, hey, we're a social company. This is what we do. This is the platform like we need to live and breathe it to show companies like why this matters. So it's really easy to just get involved and have that support. And plus, like, we're supporting our side projects too, right? Which also gets more passion because people want to talk about those things. And it's still related to the company. It shows the company trusts their employees, which is also good for business. People want to work with companies where their employees are supported or feel trusted. So it's nice to have that too. As far as examples of companies, I mean, we're seeing a whole bunch. I mean, obviously, a lot of those being our customers that are doing good things. At Unity is a good example. Uh, the 3D engine, they do some really cool stuff. And They've actually got a lot of their engineers who are sharing, creating content, which traditionally that's a harder group of people to sometimes convince about social media, but they're huge on Twitter. They've run experiments between paid ads and their program with employees. They found the results are better from their employees. So like they've gone, I think, close to company wide now with us just because of that. So like they're doing a great job. Other companies who I don't know if they use platforms, not maybe more manual, like Gong, for example, is a great one starting to see like Dually, some of these software companies who are starting to get it. Chili Piper is another example, but it's not just that industry. Like we see financial services, we see healthcare companies. So it can be a mix too of, of 
brands that are, are really starting to understand the value here. Yeah, that makes sense. How are you helping other employees like in your role currently? Like what's the biggest impact that you're making on other employees to help build their personal brands within your current role? Yeah, I think just being on the, the top of like how things are being done this kind of year and how people are talking about on social media. So they're great at what they do too. But a lot of times because we're on the forefront of like marketing. So like we have a great social media person, Desiree. So shout out to her. She helps like run our own program internally, comes up with a lot of ideas. We're running a internal workshop to help people with their profiles, but also kind of how we're speaking to things too. Like, especially when questions come up, like how do we prove ROI or what's the indirect ROI? Like we're building out these kind of resources to help them not only become experts, but then be able to tell customers or future people potentially that could be customers or even just on their own social networks, right? Is talking about these concepts that are related to our industry and what we do. So yeah, we're there all the time. We do our own kind of podcast stuff where we talk about these things and know a lot of our employees listen to that. I generally do a lot of them. So that's been a lot of fun too. And then, yeah, we share examples of things we see online. Like I shared an example of your post when you were like, yeah, look how they heard about me. We're like, use these kind of screenshots or examples to show other brands like what they're missing out on, even if they don't have that direct measurement. So that's how we kind of work together and kind of make sure everyone understands the whole side of personal branding. That's super cool. So I want to talk about how much you should talk about the organization that you work for versus like your own stuff. And so I'll give you my quick mindset. It's like, I would say 90% of what I post is like just my own thoughts, whether it's marketing, Mm -hmm. personal branding, sports, whatever. 10% is probably Alice self-promotional type things. Like, what do you feel that balance should look like? Yeah, I'm pretty similar to that. I'm probably more on an 80-20 split there or 80%. I mean, fortunately, things I talk about are pretty related to the industry I work in too. So it's probably more like 60-40, but generally I'd probably go with the 80-20 kind of split there. And the content stuff that's from the company doesn't necessarily have to, it can kind of be a little bit hidden. That's the company. Like a lot of the things I talk about, I'm not tagging everyone social or linking to everyone social, but the concepts are related to the industry. So it's kind of like bringing awareness without indirectly calling everything out. So it's kind of a unique way for me. But in general, yeah, I think the 80-20 to the 90-10 split is a pretty accurate statement. That makes a lot of sense. And, and so like, I think something, and so this is a question I get asked a lot is like, hey, you know, I have less than 5,000 followers on LinkedIn. Like, how do I stand out in a sea from like everyone that's been doing this for a couple of years? Like, Outside of LinkedIn, or maybe it is on LinkedIn, are there specific platforms or channels that work better for promoting smaller personal brands compared to like larger ones? Or do you think everyone should just double down on LinkedIn? Yeah, I mean, I don't have 5,000 followers on LinkedIn. Like I don't have a massive personal brand. I mean, I just obviously started not too long ago again too. But I mean, if you have any followers, you have influence in some way, like everybody has something unique. And a unique experience, you know, has skills that other people don't realize. So I think it's identifying those. And I never was afraid, like, I don't need, I mean, of course, I would love to have 50,000 or plus followers like you have there too. It's awesome. But I'm also not worried if it's not there yet. You just kind of have to start and define what you're going to be about. And people will find you. I mean, I still get posts sometimes that have 15, 20,000 views and it's, I don't have a huge following. It's just the amount of the content, how you're posting it, the way you're writing it, what kind of hashtags you use, because that could help you expand your reach. The secondary kind of network effect too. I mean, I see content from other people that I'm not following. So anyone that's like, when you like something, I'm sure your network sometimes sees what I'm posting too. So that's really cool. I think LinkedIn and Twitter are the two big ones still. TikTok's definitely growing. 
Instagram, Facebook are there. There's still channels. I think it depends where your audience really lies. Like the Unity example, like it's big for Twitter because a lot of the design, video game, engineering stuff is on Twitter. So it makes sense that they have a lot of success there. They still do great things on LinkedIn, but Twitter's worked for them. For me, I see both. Like LinkedIn and Twitter has both been good for me. I have more followers on Twitter than I do LinkedIn just because I've had it for so long, built up this kind of following. But yeah, I think both channels have their good plates. It's just figuring out and defining your voice of what you want to do where personally. Yeah, that's it. I completely agree with you. So like LinkedIn was kind of like my first thing. And then I moved over to Twitter. I always had a Twitter, but I never did anything on it. And so I've been like experimenting more over there. And then I kind of a couple of weeks ago, I started to like double down and like trying to start to create more content for TikTok. Not what I've been using it for is more like repurposing like a lot of podcasts mm-hmm. and like video content from that regard. And I mean, I don't think I'm doing great by any means, but it, it's fun. And I'm, I'm trying to mix in some other stuff. So who knows? We'll see what happens. Yeah. But with all the different social media platforms that are out there today, there's a variety of different ways that people can promote both their personal and company brands. LinkedIn, obviously, is one of the main ones that people will use from a professional standpoint. And you talk some more about the others, but like, do you think that there's certain social media platforms that are better for promoting personal brands versus corporate brands? I know you mentioned this a little bit with Twitter, but like, do you think it's really just whatever your customers and prospects are? Or is there like science behind this? Yeah, I kind of feel like it's where the audience is. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like I haven't seen, I think LinkedIn for sure has been better for the company stuff, especially because that's where people are going to research and learn and kind of understand about their markets, their industry, the careers, platforms, or strategies that help them and their company. So like, it makes sense that for like B2B and SaaS, it's huge for us. Twitter, it's hit or miss for me. I kind of tend to be more personal on there, just like side projects or just like funny anecdotes or just, I don't know, random things compared to LinkedIn where I still have the personality and some of the personal stuff, but it's more tailored towards the educational stuff of what I'm interested in, the industries I work in and, and trying to drum up some kind of attention for hopefully providing value too, of course, but just obviously more of the personal branding to me is more on LinkedIn. That's kind of what I'm seeing too. And I feel like in many cases, a lot of organizations may frown upon or prohibit their employees to kind of use their own voice. And I feel like you see this more with like larger companies. Like I was talking to someone a couple months ago and they were like, I left a company because I couldn't post on LinkedIn during like work hours. That's crazy. And I get it. You know, maybe there's some conflicts of interest or like they maybe want them to be solely focused on like the work that they're doing. But are these organizations losing out on opportunities to expand their reach by not supporting their employees and leveraging their voice to kind of a broader audience? Yeah, I think so. And I I understand why there's some hesitation. I mean, unfortunately, I think that's always going to be the case. There's always going to be some hesitation from some of the larger organizations. But understandable with like PR legal, like there's some things in place. And that, again, that's why everyone social exists to kind of help make that centralized and help with like disclosures or anything you need, but it doesn't take up that much time. I and mean, I get why they don't want people just working on. So if you're not on social, you should be on social all day. Totally understandable. But I mean, I'm on 10, 15 minutes a day in the morning posting and scheduling stuff and that's it. And it still has all this big impact. So like, imagine if you had a thousand employees who have an average of thousand social connections, that's a million additional reach, right? Then you have the secondary network seeing it. Then you have growth of those networks. I mean, there's huge opportunities for these large organizations that are missed. And I get why people would leave. I mean, I personally probably wouldn't work for a company that was afraid of 
not only the employee sharing, because to me, it shows they already distrust the person. And why are you hiring people you distrust? And then too, like the side project stuff, same thing. It's like, that's how I've learned a lot to apply not only to my full-time career, but things to improve everyone's socials marketing. And if you're denying that, I feel like you're missing out on that too. So those things, I think, go hand in hand. So yeah, it's hard for me to, I mean, I get it, but it's hard for me to support companies that are like that. And I've had interviews in the past where like, well, would you shut down your side project if you're working on this? I'm like, why? It has nothing to do with the industry or the company I'm working for. To me, that's just, I don't know, it's just a red flag. And it, it's not a game, like a complete, like I wouldn't just leave the company and maybe not accept an offer completely if everything else kind of checked the box. But that already kind of gives me a red flag of like, they're either behind on the times, they're not understanding it. Or there's something else seriously going on in the culture that's kind of culture of fear, distrust. And yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I, mean, I think it's a straight up like red flag. Like mm-hmm. if someone ever told me that like I couldn't continue to do what I've been building for the last two years, two plus years now, like I would immediately, it could be like one of the best companies in the world. And for me, that's a personal like deal breaker. Yeah. Each person is completely different, but. Like, sure. I don't know, but I, I don't think there's a ton of those companies around anymore because most of them have probably like fell off because they didn't kind of make with the times and get mm-hmm. what anyone else is doing. So who knows? We'll see kind of what happens with that piece of it. But I'm curious, like in your opinion and based on, you know, your years of experience of working in marketing, like what would you say makes a strong personal brand? Yeah, that's a good question. I think the authenticity is probably number one too, is like, you can read through when something is marketing jargon or like that somebody else wrote it. Like it's very obvious, especially to your audiences. And everyone knows like everyone has a unique perspective on things or the way they type, right? Or like they use a lot of emojis or humor or like clickbait or whatever it may be. Uh, so I think authenticity is is a huge piece. I think the personalization, it kind of ties in the authenticity, but just personalizing more about who you are as a person what you kind of represent. And then I think too, is like picking what your interests are specifically, you know, for me, there's a couple different interests, but sometimes people forget to think about that. I just go to posting without kind of a clear direction. I personally like, you know, obviously marketing, remote work, obviously now with that, and then social media, personal brands, because that's the space I'm in. And plus that's what I like to talk about. And then everyone's social, because that's why I work. It's like, those are my four core topics. So like defining that I think has been super helpful. And when people define that, those are the ones that have the most success, I think, building their personal brand because they find the rhythm of what they're about, what they represent. Uh, and that seems to be the the best formula, at least what I've seen so far. Yeah, now, I, I agree with you 100%. Like, do you think that they're like, I guess to double down on that, what are the metrics that matter then? It's like so many people get caught up in the vanity metrics, but like yeah. you deal with this every single day. Like, what are the metrics that truly matter? Yeah, I think engagement stuff's always nice to see when you get a whole bunch of people liking or viewing it. But I think it's the quality of the connections that are coming through. Personally, for me, I mean, obviously, as a company standpoint, if they're running a program like this, it's a couple different things. It's not only the engagement, but it's like, are we driving clicks? Are you know direct traffic going up? Are we seeing more people saying they hear us from employees? Like that kind of stuff. And the earned media value, right, of like what this is worth from all these employees and to generate followers, likes, engagements. But for me, it's the quality of the followers too. Like knowing that I'm hitting not only the connections with the right people that, hey, all these groups of marketers and people who like remote work are following me. Like then I know like my content is resonating or the messaging is connecting. And also like people who might DM and like want to be like, hey, that was helpful. Or, hey, would you be on our podcast because it's about marketing and what you're talking about? Like this is a perfect example. Like knowing that I was matching to the right people and that you resonate with the message. You want me to have 
here to talk about it more. It's like, those are the things that I'm interested in is like those kind of connections where it's the right audience and it's people that not only am I helping, but then they could help me with things, that kind of stuff. And there's always followers that are different to like recruiters or just, you know, other people who find it interesting. But I think that's cool. And even the conversation is that if people are commenting on it and creating discussions, like even if they don't agree, but like the discussion aspect is like, we're starting a conversation of different perspectives, which I think is unique. So like, I don't, of course I like seeing engagements, but it doesn't bother me because there's a lot of people who lurk too, right? Like social media lurkers who are just consuming and reading and never take action. And then like a year later, they're like, oh, I've been following you for six months or whatever. And I love what you're doing and decided to like, go do this because of you. And you're like, I had no idea. And you never liked a single piece of my content, which happens all the time. So yeah, I think those are a couple of things. Yeah, no, that's super helpful. And I know we're coming up on time, but I have a few final questions for you. So like, as a marketer, who are two to three people that you kind of look up to and that like, you feel like their content, whether it's on LinkedIn or Twitter, like really like resonate with you? Yeah, I'd say Dave, Dave Gerhardt was one of the first ones that I really thought. And I feel like everybody picks him at this point, but I mean, you see what he's built with BGMG and, and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I mean, I remember back when he was like, just transitioning to VP of marketing at Drift. And it was kind of like him starting to really talk more about this stuff. And even Drift had a lot of success with employees creating and sharing content too. I think that was a huge component to their kind of go-to-market stuff. So yeah, I'd say he was definitely one of them for sure that kind of made me think about this stuff a little bit more and paying attention. Also, UD at Gong, same thing, like him and his whole team have been doing some really great stuff. And then obviously you as well, like not the two of your own horn, but I mean, I came across you early on talking about stuff and I didn't follow you right away, but I was still seeing the content. Like everyone's engaging with him. Like what's happening here? Like I need to check out what's happening. So yeah, I mean, those things have definitely been inspiring. Plus what we've seen from customers too, like we know the benefit for the companies and the employees. So we're like, we need to live and breathe this a little bit more. So I like watching like what these companies are doing too and, and getting content out there. Yeah, no, I definitely really appreciate that. Those are kind of a couple of my top ones too. Kind of like a last question for me is like, what can we expect from you in 2022? Like, are you like doubling down on the personal branding aspect for yourself? Like, where do you want this to take you? Yeah, I think it's two things. One is obviously my selfish reasons of growing my own network and helping get my side project of Remote Work Junkie out there more for people who are just looking for these resources. So that's definitely important. I think the marketing side of it too, like I learned from other people's content. So hopefully like I'm giving back to people what I've learned over the years. I mean, I'm not an expert in everything by any means, still have a lot to learn. I think marketing is never an ending journey with learning, but that kind of stuff is interesting. And then I'd say to help my company too, right? Like I enjoy everyone's social, like the team's great there. Some of the smartest people I've personally worked with you know, in my career. So it's cool to be able to talk about things related to the industry that benefit me, but it's also having a good impact for the company because I'm educating, like there's customers who read my stuff and engage with me on these topics. And I know they're using our products. I'm hoping it helps them understand it more if they're still unfamiliar or not sure, or if there's people who are new to this completely and they start doing research, hopefully eventually they come across this down the road and just trust what we have to say because we put out so much content, not only from the blog, but from employees and, and things like that. So yeah, I think it's a little bit of a little bit of selfishness, but also a little bit of where can this take us for the company to help grow it there. Yeah, no, I, I love that for sure. And so, Todd, where can people go to connect with you? I know it sounds kind of obvious, but where can people go learn more about everyone's social? Anything that you want to plug here, feel free. We'll make sure to link everything out for you. Yeah, definitely. You can find me on LinkedIn, just Todd Kingsman. You can search me. I'm probably one of the only people with my name on there. So pretty easy to find. EveryoneSocial.com. You can you know, check out our content, kind of what we're all about. 
there is a free version of our product forever. So, I mean, if you just want to get in there, learn a little bit about it, see how it works. We have that. There's also a team's plan. And then, of course, our enterprise for just larger kind of things. Check that out. Uh, you can also find me at remoteworkjunkie.com, which is live. And then you can email me at hello at remoteworkjunkie.com if you're interested in either writing, contributing, or just curious more about how to work together. So, yeah, that's where you can find me now. And I am on Twitter. You can probably just search my name and find me. I literally do not remember what my handle is. <laughs> Amazing. Todd, thank you so much for joining me. It was honestly a pleasure. I, I learned a ton. So thank you. Awesome. Yeah, I appreciate it, Nick. I had a good time. Hopefully chat again soon. Cool. Thank you for listening to Rep Your Brand. Make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And if you learned something new today, it'd be great if you left us a review. We'll catch you next time.